Are you ready to get real? Hello, and welcome to Real with MoxieWorks, where we discuss real estate news, tips, and of course, technology. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Real with MoxieWorks. I'm Jillian Igarashi, Director of Product Management here at MoxieWorks, and I'm joined today to talk about some emerging technologies with Jack Miller, the President and CTO of T360. Jack, welcome to the show, and thank you for being here. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Excellent. I think because of your very specific background, first in technology and then in technology and real estate, now with your work in T360, puts you in the perfect position to comment on our topic of the day here. Um, We see, I mean, you saw this five years ago when you started with T360, the technology industry here or the technology space in real estate is chaotic, to say the least. And it's only growing more so as you see VC funds dumping billions of dollars into this space. Uh, Our topic of the day is how do brokerages really identify what is a trend they should adopt and what's a flash in the pan? And But the rub is, you know, no one has the crystal ball. I mean, maybe you have it the closest thing to a crystal ball, Jack, but uh, no one truly has a crystal ball. I, I mean, no one wants to make the mistake like that famous Newsweek article in, in 1995 that said the internet wasn't going anywhere. The truth is no on, no online database, yeah. database will replace a newspaper. And no one wants to be that guy. And on the other hand, no one wants to, uh, you know, jump on something they think is going to revolutionize, invest lots of money, um, like everyone thought Google Glass was going to be a thing and going to change real estate. I mean, that was just four years ago and before it was shelved, right? So uh, there's there's a yeah. it's a double-edged sword. Um, so tell us your thoughts on, you know, how does T3 and how do you personally help brokerages identify the difference between those. Yeah. And and, and I get the conundrum because again, I've been, you know, I've, I've been licensed, I've run a brokerage, I've owned franchises and, you know, I know the kinds of margins that brokers run on personally. And I also know, you know, the, I know I'm familiar with the constraints uh, and I've also seen the opportunity in terms of producing a, you know, a a brokerage that was doing some, some pretty cool stuff. So I I get the challenge. Um, And and I would say, um, you know, it, it, in our in our philosophy at T three sixty, and this really comes from from Stefan and, and some of the you know candidly epic uh, research work he's done in his career. I mean, the guy has been he's published forty more than forty I think forty five books now, uh, all but one about the real estate industry and studying trends in real estate. Um, that th- we think that we're probably as close to the crystal ball as you're going to get uh, because we spend so much time researching the industry, and that's it isn't because we're necessarily smarter or better or any of those kinds of things than um, other people. But it's just, you know, we spend thousands of hours a year talking to brokers, talking to the franchise systems, talking to technology vendors, really working inside these projects. And and most people in the industry don't have that kind of time to dump into really researching, you know, what's potentially going to happen. So, so, and we write about it. We put it in this wonderful trends report. This wonderful trends report is intended as a, you know, a two to three year projection of what we see happening now or continuing to happen as a trend. And that's our best, uh, that's our best read of the world. And, and again, I'll, I'll quote something from Stefan, which, you know, he, he says quite often, he says, we're, we're really quite, we're pretty good 
at knowing or having some inclination of what's going to happen. Like we knew transaction management, even, you know, he was writing about transaction management 20 years ago. But what we are bad at predicting is when it's going to happen. You know, that that's actually the, the struggle is we're, we're pretty good at saying, hey, that's a good idea. That looks like that will work. Um, but we're not so great at saying when it's going to happen. And, and that is the tricky bit. And that's why we, when we write about the industry and do projections, we're looking on a two to three years out because that's about as comfortable as I think you can be and, and still do, you know, do useful work in the prognostication business. So, you know, fully, fully get that, fully get the challenge. And, uh, and, and again, I think we're, we're closest to the metal in terms of, of spending a heck of a lot of time researching it. So there's, and, uh, and the other thing I will say, there is a lot of noise right now. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, of shiny objects. There's a lot of new concepts. There's a lot of new things that will hit the news cycle and be really popular for a while. And, and those, it's, it's not bad to pay attention to them, but we have to realize a few fundamentals about real estate. This is not an industry that typically leads in technology in general market. Like we don't, the real estate industry does not have the resources to lead in the technology space. So we're, we're a follower. We're uh, uh, when we talk about general technology. So people want to talk about blockchain or AI or things like that. We are not going to lead in that space necessarily as an industry because we just we don't have the resources for it. So, but what we can do is look at what's happening in the general uh, technology industry. Look at what's happening in other industries that maybe have have a lot of resources to throw at some of these problems, and and make some uh, well reasoned and appropriate uh, uh, investments in areas that we think show uh, good promise. Um, we can't invest everywhere. And so we really have to look and say, you know, what's one or two things that look like they're really working somewhere else that I can, uh, that I can put, some, put some heft behind and see if I can make work for our company or our brokerage. So that's kind of high level. And I know you have some specific areas for us to dive into. So, um, so take, take me where you want to go next. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned what what are other industries doing? What can real estate take cues from? And we know one thing that is extremely popular right now is the ease of transactions. You see startups like Venmo or even Facebook allowing you to, to transact directly through these applications. Transactions are becoming easier and easier and more and more secure. Uh, so, Let's talk about blockchain for a little bit and the exchange of secured information through blockchain. And this is something that T3 is very familiar with yeah. and has commented on many, many times. Do you see this as as a flash in the pan or is blockchain and in this next version of the Internet here to stay? Yeah. So, uh, you know, part of this is, you know, we've had blockchain type technologies in our industry for quite some time that have had some maybe not all the properties of a, of a fully distributed, you know, blockchain ledger, but, you know, for instance, DocuSign has had at its core and any signature product has at its core, the concept of a, a chain of digital signatures that you can verify to say, we know that this was signed on this date at this time, you know, via this email address at this IP, all that kind of thing. And, and a lot of the payment technologies you recognize use, you know, precursors to, you know, many of the precursive technologies for a blockchain type environment. So um, this is, this is again, another one where, um, you know, the, the, it is a general purpose technology. It's going to impact a lot of things. It's going to get built into many of the platforms that people are building for the future. Um, it will probably be below the waterline, candidly, for most brokers, though. I mean, I think we're, we're going to be primarily users of these platforms. Uh, the fact that it's running on blockchain and has some features because of that, you know, we, we may not know or care 
Um, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, I don't think people think about DocuSign and go, oh, I'm using a, you know, I'm using a, an MD5 hash here. I'm using a digital, you know, specific, uh, you know, AES digital signature. I don't think people are thinking about that. That's just the engine in the background that allows them to guarantee that a signature happened, you know, when it happened by and by whom. So, so I think it's something where it, it gets a lot of attention uh, because it is, it's kind of new and it's different and it will have likely a very big impact, but I think it's going to be fairly oblique to most of the brokerage industry um, from a, a, you know, a broker's standpoint or perspective. And, and there really isn't a way to engage with it unless you are actually building the underlying technology at this point. So I think for most brokers, don't worry about it. It's not something, you know, it's, it is, it will enable some features in the future that you'll probably find really useful but the fact that it's running on blockchain or you don't really need to stay on top of that. Let the, let the propeller heads figure it out and offer you products that then provide benefits to you that you, uh, you know, you might not have today. So that that's the right approach for that. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense, Jack. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the usages of blockchain in and around real estate you see happening in very niche markets. You're talking about, you know, a Meridio or a slice that allows partial investment and and commercial property or, you know, very, very niche types of use cases. But it makes sense that for for our traditional brokerages, uh, you're absolutely right. This is technology that can support their current business models, not necessarily something that that's actionable. I I will say, though, I, I think it's it's probably very important for brokerages to feel comfortable around the concept and around the language and to be able to use that as they engage with tech-savvier consumers as, as it, you know, digital natives grow to, to be buyers and sellers. Yeah, I think it will be important as, you know, as it is important today to be able to talk about mobile or any of the other technologies that have come to market and, uh, and being able to do mobile e-commerce and be able to do things like that. Yeah, I think it's, it's good to be conversant, but again, I, I don't feel like it's, uh, you know, I, I would not put uh, blockchain as a strategic initiative for just about any broker in the country. It's just not. <laughs> I, it's not. They, they, it's, it's not the top. Of, it might be the top of the list of somebody else's company. It's a tech company, but not them. And, and I do think things like mobile payments and and um, being able to do secure identity verification and things like that. That's mm-hmm. that's our. You know, we have applications today that are proving the worth of these kinds of infrastructure technologies. Uh, to brokers and agents. I mean, the day of the days of currying around, uh, you know, uh, 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 checks and you know things like that are are numbered. <laughs> you know, like if you, yes. you do, you, yes. you, that that is numbered in the same way that currying around documents to get a signature. You know, those days were numbered. You know, fifteen or twenty years ago, and for the most part, you know, most of the industries moved to digital signatures. And, right. Um, yeah. A whole whole industry of courier boys has gone uh, gone. Yeah, to yeah, extinction, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's for sure, for sure, absolutely, and and thank goodness for that. But um, th- thanks for your comments on blockchain. Something that's maybe a little bit closer to home, a little more familiar to our brokers and to our agents, is is voice command technology, and specifically in and around the, these personal assistant concepts. Voice command is is actually pretty old technology from what I understand. In the 50s, Bell Labs started creating computers that could understand simple digits. And here we are, you know, 60, 60 years later, and we, we're seeing now the introduction of, of highly intelligent personal assistants. I don't want to call them AI necessarily because artificial intelligence is 
is very different than what we're seeing now, but we're seeing we're seeing highly intelligent personal assistant, digital personal assistants. Um, this is something that you know, in my opinion, and, and in the opinion of MoxieWorks, is is very important to the industry right now. How can automation uh, help assist the agent workflow and contract some of the the lengthier or more painful pieces of the transaction or relationship management? Yeah, so there's um, there's a few different parts there, and I'll 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 pull a few of them out and and just kind of point at some relevant pieces here. So, you know, voice technology as a general purpose technology is hitting new levels of maturity. You know, every month, <laughs> like we are we are training general purpose voice technology assistants like Amazon Alexa and Google's Assistant uh, and and uh, uh, Microsoft's uh, Assistant every single month and they're getting smarter and better and they're not geniuses. They're not, you know, they, they're just getting better at understanding what we're asking for and at bringing it to us. And so that as a general interface, uh, I mean, candidly, there's lots of situations where it's way better to just say, Hey, I need something versus try to type it or go find a screen or get out without your mobile phone to try to type on that. And, and it's going to take over. And I, I think probably the most relevant example I can point to is how people are, um, you know, ordering things or asking for things uh, via voice. And so you can go to your, you know, if you are integrating, if you're talking to Siri, you're asking Siri to order you things or look up something or where's the, you know, where is this movie showing or when is this happening? And so people are starting to ask uh, real estate oriented questions to these general purpose assistants. And this is where engaging with this as a broker and as an agent starts to become important because when you ask when you ask Alexa, um, you know, where, uh, uh, find me a real estate agent or who's a good real estate agent locally, or, or I want to go look at, you know, one, two, three main street is for sale. How do I do that? Um, understanding how those voice assistants are responding to that and positioning so that it can answer appropriately for your company or your brokerage uh, will become more important. Sort of like positioning yourself in, in Google search was 20 years ago where you'd say, well, you know, if I want to show up in search, I need to have a website. Well, if you want to show up in voice search, you need to have reviews. You need to be, you need to have reviews on Yelp. You need to have Google reviews because that's how a lot of those directions are being driven. Um, you need to make sure that you're in the databases that those voice assistants depend on so that they can say, oh, I know how to give you directions to the nearest Remax or Keller Williams office or Compass office or whatever, right? So, um, so that, that's the point. And, and I'd say for most brokers and agents, becoming conversant in working with, you know, just, just having a Siri and understanding how it works and asking lots of real estate questions and seeing what it does is a good exercise for understanding where we're going, uh, you know, as, as people. As far as digital assistants, you know, digital assists, I think, are still at a very early stage. I mean, we've, we've met with some of the leaders in this space and people that are doing some pretty remarkable work here. And, you know, we're still training digital assistants to be useful. So their span of things they can do today, look up a client, put this client on a follow-up plan, um, call this client, things like that. Those are, it's, it's fairly simple. It's fairly rudimentary right now. Uh, can it help make an agent more efficient? Absolutely. Is it going to, you know, is it a game changer? Uh, not yet. I, I think we've got some, I think we've got some time before it's a game changer, uh, but, but they are there and they're, they're becoming more useful and, and really tracking that general uh, consumer market that is moving towards you know, many of the interactions with computers being done via voice because it's convenient, because it's easier, because we don't have to type, right? So I think that's I think that's where voice assistants sort of fall right now. Um, 
important, interesting, uh, still have still have some road to go before it's like, you know, I, I think it becomes an essential tool. But I can see when most of your tools you start interacting with in voice, how it, how it moves from interesting or important to essential. Yeah. And in voice, you, you know, you mentioned it's, it's great for brokers to be conversant in this area. You see Alexa and, and well, Google already has, has this concept around SEO, but Amazon and Alexa are introducing their own version of SEO so that when for consumers sure. do ask, yeah. find me a real estate agent, it's looking at, a, at their own internal ranking. Um, so very important to start engaging with this early. Yeah, I, I think it is one of those ones to pay attention to because when when you're at the moment of contact where a consumer is asking for real estate information, you know they were for a long time they've gone to their browser, they've typed into Google, uh, and then now they're now they're in Facebook. Things are coming up in Facebook, and now they're in their living room and they're asking Alexa for things or they're asking their Google Assistant for things. So it's important to track kind of what is the consumer doing, how are they interacting, where are they, and not all of them are doing this, but Tens of millions of these devices are being sold uh, every month into mm-hmm. the US market. And so it's becoming much more common. I also, it's just as a little sidebar, uh, I think there's significant value in agents uh, really learning about the connected home, the digital home, and how many of these um, you know, automated tools and systems that can be controlled via voice, lighting, uh, uh, sprinkler systems, garage doors, like all of these are becoming things that consumers are spending billions of dollars putting this technology into their homes for the next few years. I think agents being conversant with that technology and understanding how to use it is, is becoming more important because it's becoming part of the home sale. You know, the Nest thermostat and all of the connected, you know, appliances and, and, and things that are in a home uh, are things that impact a consumer's impression of its value. So uh, so good area to to. I think a good and very tangible area for agents to get their heads wrapped around and brokers as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Agents, agents need to be familiar with the the internet of things when you can, you know, play a YouTube video or search the web from your refrigerator. That's something that the agent will yeah, have to be comfortable with when showing a home. And like real problem solving, like, Hey, I'm uh, I sold my house and the nest thermostat is conveying. How do I reset mm-hmm. it? So the new owner can set up a nest account, you know, like yeah. dumb, stupid stuff like that. But it's actually like really solves a little problem to say, Hey, don't, when you, you know, when, when you hand over the keys, you need to tell them here's, you know, here's the passcode so that you can get in and reset, you know, the, whatever technology is plugged into the house. And so the buyer can use it. I've, I've got that. I bought a new home recently and we had exactly that problem. <laughs> We're like, how do we, how do we get into this? And it was, you know, I got a bunch of blank stares. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go read a manual and figure it out. <laughs> So how does an agent keep from feeling completely overwhelmed, agents and brokers, from from how quickly the industry is moving? And and you might not think that these kind of tangential technologies really affect real estate, but in that situation there, Jack, your agent wasn't able to to assist in that way. And uh, how does an agent and a broker you know, keep up with this, not feel overwhelmed and really kind of narrow their field of vision to what's absolutely essential? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think a couple of things, you know, luckily for us at this point in time, I don't think the average consumer expects agents to be technology geniuses. You know, that's not, <laughs> that's not purely our role. We're, we're not there, 
you know, we're, we're not there to be the IT squad for everything. So, so I, I'd say from my perspective, it's more of a competitive advantage right now if you are paying attention to these trends and doing things. I think it's something that, you know, if you're a true professional, you are constantly improving and learning from your experience and accepting that these changes are happening and that new technologies are coming in and you're, you're moving with the flow. You're going with the flow. So I think that's the, that's the opportunity right now. I do think there will be a time and it's, it's not, I don't think it's too far off where, you know, like, like Nat, like remember when not everyone had an email address, you know, right. like there was a time where not everyone had an email address. Remember when not everybody had a Facebook account? Like there, there are things and it happens so fast. I mean, the, the, the mm-hmm. iPhone, you know, not that old. And I think that to re- to recognize technologies, I'd say for most agents, it's really important to recognize when technologies are going into the mainstream, because as soon as you are not in the mainstream with something that consumers are doing, now you're out of sync with your clients and you're not able to do maybe some of the things that they're used to doing uh, with other service providers or you know with other people that they're interacting with or, or that they just expect from a person who is you know, probably viewed as a peer. So, so those are, that's kind of what you need to pay attention to is, is what's going mainstream? What are people doing? What are you seeing? I, you didn't just see it once. You've seen it a few times now. It's like, that's what to pay attention to from a, from a trends perspective. Um, you don't have to be the early adopter. It's very expensive to be an early adopter. Um, I'm not an early adopter with everything. I pay attention to it, but I'm not an early adopter necessarily myself personally because it takes a lot of cost and it's expensive. But you do need to know like, hey, that voice thing, that's moving into the mainstream. Really? Mobile? You know, that's been in the mainstream for years and years now. Mm-hmm. So. You have to accept, like, if it's moved in the mainstream, then it is a criteria for competency in the industry. So if your website doesn't work on mobile, whoa, you are like six or seven years out of the mainstream. You got to get that up to date. So it's, it's things like that to pay attention. When it goes mainstream, you got to have it and pay attention to it so you know when that's happening and you can adjust. But you don't have to pay attention to everything. Not all of it matters. Not all of it does. Yeah, that's a great that's a great advice is, is let the crowd tell you what's important and what's not. It is tough to be an early adopter and try to be, you know, cutting edge. Even from my perspective, you know, some of my software that I use on a daily basis here at MoxieWorks just changed with a new design. And I, you know, I hate it. I hate change just as much as the yeah, next person. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's challenging, but that's great advice to yeah. Keep an eye on on what where is the crowd moving, um, because they've tested it, they've vetted it, it's they've worked I, it into their daily lives. And, and I think I think for a you know as a to, you know to to kind of position you guys appropriately because I, I I really have enjoyed seeing MoxieWorks you know work in the broker market and provide tools and services. You know I I think that this is where having you know both your eye on trends and then having really good technology partners so the the average real estate broker in their business is using somewhere between 12 and 17 different core you know technology providers that's typically we've done a lot of surveying we do a lot of auditing of brokers and so it's usually anywhere from 12 to 17 uh, technologies and some tech brokerages it's even it's much higher so you have these so so having these partners is really important and having good ones that that are you know leading their market or really plugged into what's going on is uh, th- that will help you stay in tune with what you need to do so um, and, and I think that's that's true that's true anywhere I think that's true in any industry but I think in real estate simply because we don't have the resources necessarily to do all that tech exploration ourselves I think the partners become a, a lot more important and valuable in uh, in staying current. 
Definitely. And one thing I would definitely encourage brokerages to to think about and agents to think about is when evaluating new technology, ask if it supports your core workflow, if it supports that core business. Does it do a good job of, of supporting everything that that in real estate doesn't change the relationship between the agent and their client. I mean, that's core to all of it. That's something that we believe here at MoxieWorks is that relationship drives this industry and is the, the most important. And if that technology supports building that relationship, then it's something worthwhile to try out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jack. We really appreciate you spending the time bestowing your wisdom on us and letting us see into that crystal ball. Is there any any kind of last thought, parting thought you'd like to leave us and our audience with? Yeah, uh, continuous improvement is the name of the game. We're in a relationship-oriented business where staying in touch really matters. And as you, you know, if you have those two core concepts uh, as part of you know who you are as a business person, uh, you're going to be just fine. So don't panic. Don't panic. That's the important thing. Well, thank you, the illustrious Jack Miller, everybody. I really, really appreciate you being here. And thanks to the audience for tuning in. We will see you next month. Thanks for getting real with us. See you next time.